0: Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all
1: things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today, at the end of the episode, we will have a short story from Untold Mayhem. That's right. I don't feel like reading from the Wild West. Not because I'm not digging it, not because I'm not going to talk about it. Just kind of short on time. And... Untold Mayhem is currently free for the next couple of days on Kindle. The audiobook is also on sale for $2.99, Spotify, Barnes and Noble, Chirp, and somewhere else. Probably, oh, I think Apple. So you can get that for $2.99. You could also get Ain't No Messiah audiobook. Same places, same price, $2.99. And if you haven't checked out Ain't No Messiah, I highly recommend it, unless you're easily offended. I posted something earlier this week and someone just responds like do you believe in christ i was like did you read the book so i didn't answer his question he told me he didn't read the book i told him he probably shouldn't because i was guessing he would not like it yeah so if you're easily offended especially if you're offended about religion i would not recommend checking that one out but if you have an open mind if you can just see it for fiction then listen to it all right guys been an exciting week, a lot of stuff to go over, but like I said, gonna have to do it quick because I need to hurry. So, the story we will share at the end of the episode, I think we're gonna go with "In Charge." I think that one's a lot of fun. I really like the voices that the guy did in that short story. I think he did a great job. So, you can check out that story at the end of the episode. As far as what else is going on, man, been a very very busy week. A lot of phone calls, a lot of messaging people. I i giving away a ton of books, all the Try Not to Die's, not only through contest winners, early readers, favorite readers that I'm giving copies to, but then I also posted something in Books of Horror Freeview group. If you guys are into getting free books for reviews, you should check that out on Facebook. Seems like a really cool group. I'm meeting all kinds of people that are very excited about these books. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they get hold of them. I think I'm sending out... I don't know, probably 30 or 40 different sets of books. Some people are getting one, some are getting two or three. So it all depends on how nice they are. Anyhow, that has taken up a lot of time, but I also enjoy connecting with people. So I'm in a pretty great mood despite what happened yesterday in Jiu-Jitsu. And actually it was before Jiu-Jitsu, it was just during warm-ups, six o'clock in the morning, was feeling great. I went to Monday's class. I went to Wednesday's class. Waking up like 4:30, jumping in the pool, doing a little bit of work. Go to the gym, learn some cool stuff. Yesterday, my knee decided to uh, what few little ligaments I had left, or strands of ligament I had left, decided to leave me. I'm not sure how bad the knee is, but I will be getting it looked at soon. I have a good amount of pain, but I'm not going to let it phase me. I did finish up class, so I didn't do anything too crazy, but Hopefully I didn't make it any worse, but even if it is just going to be me going, watching and learning while I'm rehabbing my knee, you know, whatever, it's going to be cool. That's just what it is. I always tell my kids, especially my son, like, Hey man, you could be upset about whatever just happened, or you could deal with it because that's what happened. That's what's going to happen. You know, so just deal with it. The fact is like, yeah, my knee's jacked up right now. I knew it was going to go out on me. It was just a matter of time. And now I have to repair it. So I'll make the best of that situation. The other super cool thing with that is yesterday, Jake comes home. Well, first, he was very upset. He thought he wasn't going to be able to go to jiu-jitsu practice. So he found that out the night before, very upset. And then in the morning, again, he realized he wasn't going to be able to go. He was very disappointed. Uh, But my sister-in-law was able to take him. When he heard that, he got so excited, so happy. He loves jiu-jitsu. He loves wrestling. He loves his coaches and he went he came home and he wanted to show us what he learned I was so impressed with the little flow that he did and I told him as I like, do I said what you just did right there the level of detail have you remembered everything I was like that was amazing if someone asked me right now to demonstrate those moves I would have been sloppy as hell I would have been missing some important things so I was like how about you Help me relearn jujitsu. Because I was telling him how hard it's been trying to relearn, trying to learn correctly. Coach Mike, Coach Art, awesome instruction. But I told Jake, I was like, dude, I said, if you were to come home every after every practice and just teach me these things, walk me through them, that'd be awesome. And he got so excited about that. If I see something like that needs correcting, of course, I'll correct it. But I'm not going to tell him I already know these moves. I'm not going to be, it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about him teaching me i think that is incredible that's just gonna make his learning that much better here's his little uh, we'll be using this jake's jiu-jitsu journal so that's pretty cool i'm excited about that it'll be another great way to connect he's excited about it so we will keep that going one of the reasons i'm in such a good mood today too is i spent the morning reading over i don't know eight to ten different death scenes that duncan ralston gave me back for trying to stay Ghost ghostland He did an incredible job just as I knew he would. And it's so nice because oftentimes when authors are going back and forth, especially with like an editor or whatever else, they'll send you the document with track changes. So you can look at what was changed, what was not changed, what do you wanna keep, what do you not wanna keep? That's why I always send my stuff to Duncan and, and anyone else that I'm working with. He sends it back that way, but instead of me looking at his changes and seeing if they're okay, it's like, no. I was like, this is his story. He knows what he's doing i just accept all the changes and then i read through it and i enjoy it and if there's anything like a little typo then i'll fix that but the story's there all his ideas are there the characters are there so you guys are going to dig this one i think ghostland is going to be incredible also think death fest is going to be incredible and readers are telling me that wild west is incredible and all the other books they are really enjoying so that's really cool i think i always Kind of doubted the series in a way. I thought it was more of a throwaway series, especially when it was just Grandma's House. I was like, "Ah, this isn't important. My other work is important." Like, no, these are a lot of fun. People are having fun with it, and they're having fun as a family. So many different people are writing to me or telling me that that they love reading it with their kids, or they'll read it first and then give it to another family member, or they'll talk about it, see who died, who didn't die. So that's super cool. The other reason I'm in a great mood, I did a lot of driving yesterday. I think maybe five or six hours in the car so but part of that was to see john palisano to give him his 100 copies of the wild west and to have him sign 100 copies for me we had a nice lunch it was great catching up talking about you know publishing writing friendship all that kind of stuff so very cool to get him those books the timing worked out well i think they turned out great he loved how they looked and just in time for the la times festival of books he is going to be there on sunday so if you can make it to the la times festival of books look up john palisano he will be there on sunday afternoon not sure the time but again check him out follow him if you guys enjoy trying to die in the pandemic trying to die in the wild west and try not to die in a hellhole is going to be coming out very soon that's a single short story by john has an alternate ending and that will be out relatively soon. Just have to get the cover. I wasn't happy with the first cover, so I redid it, and that is being made now. Let's see. I believe there are a couple contests left. If you didn't win one of the last contests, I believe there are still two more that are currently going on. One that I'm doing with Duncan, and another one that was just on my own. I think that was a try not to die worldwide. That one only has a couple days left, maybe two days left. So we'll get on that. Oh, last thing I want to mention I've barely been smoking weed. It's 420 today. If you guys are watching this on 421, today is 420. That's like the International Day of Weed, Cannabis, whatever. I've never really been into it. I'm usually probably high on that day, but today I didn't need any cannabis. Yesterday I needed very little. The day before, or or I shouldn't even say needed, say wanted or used. Um, and again, not saying it's a good thing, a bad thing. I'm not recommending it. Not saying it's awful. It's just I am using less. I'm just not really feeling it and part of that's probably because i'm waking up so early in the morning and by nighttime i'm exhausted i'm just ready to go to bed i don't need it and i haven't been doing anything really creative where i felt like i needed or could use it so it's 4:20. maybe i will use a little bit well i probably will use a little bit later on but whatever just wanted to share that All right guys it is time for me to go collect some children and i get to take my son to jiu-jitsu tonight and i'll watch that practice so that should be awesome. And then I'll get my individual class afterwards when we come home. We have some mats down here that he can show me. Although he also likes to show me in the pool. It's not quite as effective, but we do have fun doing that. So I am going to leave you guys with a short story. It is in charge. I'm not sure how long it is. If it's a short one, I might even throw in a bonus. So wait until you hear the final music before you turn this thing off. Remember to share, like, subscribe, help me out. and. Tell your friends. All right, guys. I hope you have an incredible week. I will talk to you later. Peace.
0: In Charge. The speed limit's 65. My cruise control's set to 63. The right lane, all mine. Sunday nights are always slow, but this is getting ridiculous. Only 22 cars passing in the last half hour. Fourteen with men in them. That's barely one out of three, Fred says smugly. There's no one around to see me talking to an empty car, so I say, Thanks, Fred, but I can do the math. Yeah, thanks, you fucking dork, Tommy says. Knock it off, Tommy. This ain't the time or place. I say real serious, so he knows I'm not messing around. Ooh, Tommy says, I'm so scared. Fred asks, how about we listen to the radio? I say, good idea, and push it on. Tommy says, how about you stop being such a little bitch? I don't know if he means me or Fred, but either way, it doesn't matter. We all know I can silence them if I want. The pink pills in the bathroom provide a viable solution. Tommy laughs, (laughs) holy shit, viable, you fucking hear yourself, I turn up the Mozart, not about to engage with a dickhead, the song ends, and headlights pop up in the rear view, drop it down, Tommy tells me, no shit, I say, this ain't my first time, oh, I remember that, Fred sighs, how the fuck I get stuck with you two, Tommy asks. I'm going 61 as the headlights switch to the outside lane. They're too low to be an SUV, and I sense my odds dropping. Relax, Fred says. Stay cool. The car's a Toyota. Some wrinkly fucker with a gray goatee bobbing his head to a beat. This is some bullshit, Tommy says. I set the cruise control back to 63. Let the guy disappear down the interstate. Maybe it's time to turn around. What? It's not even nine, Tommy says, like I can't read the clock. I turn off the radio because it's too much stimulation and I'm getting agitated. Ever think maybe we'll have better luck eastbound? Figured you were just bitching out, worried about waking up for work. Getting up at six ain't easy. You don't think we know that? Fred tells Tommy to drop it. Charles is getting upset. Uh, Sorry, Charlie. I pass exit twenty one, spot a minivan merging onto the interstate just ahead. I catch up but keep my distance. Stay close enough to see your Pennsylvania plates, the sticker family on the back window. We may be in luck, Fred says. Only one way to find out I keep quiet, speed up to match the van. But can't tell who's driving. Knowing Tommy won't keep quiet, I flip on my signal and switch lanes. I'm even with the back of the van when I spot the driver in the van's side mirror a fat 50 something face with too much makeup. So? Tommy practically shouts. The ugly ones love it the most. I can't argue with that and ease off the gas, falling behind her. Shit! Tommy says. Passenger seat. There's the brim of a baseball hat. Someone's shoulder's sticking out. Could be another woman. I drop the lasaber to 63. Really, Fred? I'm disappointed. Stick to the rules so there's no problems. Two's a crowd, no matter their sex. Mmm, Pablo says like the word's delicious. Sex. No, 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 I tell him. You're not needed yet. Andale, puto. Uh, We're turning back next exit if I hear another word. Headlights appear in the rear view, the vehicle catching up. Oh, shit, Tommy says when we see it's a big boxy van. Maybe she's a handy. That was one time, I say. Not proud I accidentally pulled out the woman's colostomy bag. But, ay, 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 that was hard. I tell Pablo, you're not helping. Oh, yeah, puppy? Then why's your cock I stuff it back in my sweats. Uh, had niche. The van passes on my left, a tough guy with dreads behind the wheel. Before I get too upset, another car flies up from behind, its headlights enough to make the van move over. Ooh, hot tamale on his way, Pablo says. I take it to 69 and Pablo moans. I tell him, grow up. The car flies by. The cute blonde blur. After her, Tommy says. My dick's still hard, throbbing at the thought. But, just like the voices, I can't let it control me. You got money to pay for the ticket? Or a trip to jail, Fred asks. When did you become such a fucking pussy? Exit 23 is a half mile ahead. Time to turn back. Come on, Tommy says. You want this just as much as us. What I want is for you to shut your mouth so I can concentrate on the road. Tommy laughs, and grab your dick. I had an itch. Yeah, a little one, Tommy says real low so I can barely hear him. Headlights appear way back, but they won't reach me before the exit. Don't do it, Tommy says. I was fucking around. We all know you have the juiciest hog. He knows how much I hate sarcasm. I'll fucking show you. Whoa, I'm no fag, Charlie. I'm taking the pills when we get home. There might be three of you, but never forget, I'm the motherfucker in charge. Oh, my, a delicate female voice says. Pablo? Wasn't me, Poppy. The van's gone. The headlight's about seven car lengths back. Tommy? Do I sound like a bitch? I got both hands on the wheel. A sick feeling in my gut. What's your name? The woman of your dreams, she says, all smooth and silky. Sexiest voice I've ever heard. Charles, Fred says, you need to tell us something. (laughs) <laughs> he's going to transition,'' Tommy says with his asshole laugh. ''I know it sounds ridiculous, but I shout, ''I'm not a woman!'' ''Oh, I know that,'' she says. ''I'm not in your head, baby.'' A black BMW 745i pulls alongside, limousine-tinted windows. Tommy says, ''Ha, bet it's a hundred-pound hipster with a hair bun!'' The passenger window rolls down, revealing a beautiful 40-ish woman with long jet black hair staring straight ahead. Oh, my fucking God, Tommy says. You guys see this? I keep my lips close together so she doesn't think I'm talking to myself. Play it cool. Rich women have rich husbands at home, Fred says, not to mention top-of-the-line security systems. Tommy says... The higher the risk, the higher the reward. Fred says, too good to be true means she's a cop. You know police are searching for us. Probably people in the back seat. Out of my three voices, Fred's the one who's usually right. I ease off the gas and let the BMW pull ahead. Yeah, too risky, I say, because Tommy's going nuts. The BMW puts on its blinker and moves into my lane. Matches my speed. You don't get it, she says. With me, there is no risk. I keep my mouth shut in case she's watching me in her rear view, but Tommy and Pablo are losing their minds. The blinker clicks on again, and I say, Okay, everyone keep it down. She's getting off. Should I? Tommy shouts, Yes! Yes! There's only a right turn at the bottom of the exit ramp. A dead end to the left. The road's barely wide enough for one car in each direction. And in the dark, it's easy to see no one's coming. I've never been out here, but love the isolation. Nothing but trees and bushes. Bushes and trees. Maybe you should slow down, Fred says. Don't want to scare her. I'm letting off the gas when Tommy says... You serious? This is like an act of God. For some crazy reason, this hot chick wants to take you to Bone Town. Fred says he's never heard of it. Pablo chuckles. There's about five car lengths between us, just enough space to keep Fred quiet. The moon disappears and our world is the circle of headlights, huge pines blocking us in on both sides. The cloud blows by, and it's a little less creepy. A state park sign pointing to the right. The BMW's blinker pops on. Tick, tick, tick. We're down to 10 miles an hour when she pulls into the deserted parking lot. Parks close after dark, Fred says. Really, dude? You're a full-blown fucktard. Tommy says like it's a fact. Someone bought her that car and she doesn't want to find it out. Simple as that. She parks in the farthest stall, the one closest to the forest. What if she's a dude? Fred asks, real quiet. It takes Tommy a second. Well, then that motherfucker's pretty hot. I park in front of the bathrooms, about ten stalls between us. Tommy says, Don't be such a chicken shit. I don't want to scare her. Well, then, maybe you should stop talking to us, Tommy says. Look, There she goes. Pablo sighs. Oh, just me. The BMW's headlights illuminate her incredible body, a short leather skirt hugging her hips as she heads down the dirt path. I pop the glove box, stuff the blackjack into my back pocket. Fred usually tells me not to, but this time it's Tommy. He says, why ruin the fun? The BMW's headlights click off everything dark when I shut off the engine and open my door. There's a small sliver of moon poking through the clouds, but I can't see the woman. The night is silent except for my shoes squishing on the spongy grass. I get on the path and follow it toward the opening in the trees. The clearing is empty except for the woman standing in the middle, the moonlight caressing her angelic face. She waves me forward her bright red lips motionless when she says in that same sexy voice, don't be afraid, I want you in me. I've never once heard those words and worry I won't be able to perform without the thrill of the hunt. Pablo says, you got these. Tommy says, knock her upside the head if things go south. It feels like a dream as I glide toward her, stop a few feet away. The perfect distance if you need to bonka, Fred says. Her fingers pop one, two, three buttons of her black blouse. She holds out her hands. "Mm, Don't you want me? She asks out loud in the same voice. Don't you want to be in me? I lick my lips, calm myself with my hand on the blackjack. She unbuttons the last two. No bra underneath. Do you want to be inside me? I know my voice will shake, but I say, You know I do. Then come here, Charles. I leave the blackjack in my pocket and step into her warm embrace. Oh did you say my name? Her hand lands on my crotch and squeezes. Mm, does it matter? I grunt, no. She releases me and steps out of the moonlight, her soft skin sloughing off, the dead skin underneath cracked and peeling. I've never had visual hallucinations, but I pray that's what's happening. My voices are gone, and it's just me and this monster. Her almond shaped eyes narrow to slits, her black irises flashing bright red, her lips peel back from her gigantic maw filled with dozens of razor sharp teeth. I squeeze my eyes shut, hope the vision will disappear. I open them, and she's back in the moonlight just inches away, leaning in for a kiss. A monstrous vision, no more. I give her a quick peck on her cheek and say, I'm sorry, I I just had a moment. Not feeling too well. You feel just fine to me, she says, reminding me with a squeeze. I look away from her moonlit face, horrified to see her cracked claw. She flexes her forearm, the talons punching through my sweats and testicles, the hand on my chest pushes, and I fall flat on my back, my manhood shredded. The beast leans over me, shows her true self as she leaves the moonlight. Oh, Charles, it's going to be so much fun. I scramble back, but she pins me down with her foot, shakes her head. Slobber oozes out of the corners of her mouth and lands on my chest, burns through my shirt and skin. I do want you in me. All of you. She unhinges her jaw and shows me there's no body part too big for her. Give it to me, baby.